Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. For Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Now here's your host, Colter Nuanez. See those hands? If you're watching on SWX Montana Television, you did. I almost just spilled my coffee everywhere. <laughs> Welcome in to What Is Now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for being here with us. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. Amazing because uh, the sun is shining, which is a rarity in western Montana, particularly Missoula, during these winter months. Yet it's still 10 degrees. But uh, I'll take the uh, sunny and no wind and as cold as you want to make it any time uh, over the wind that was plaguing the Missoula Valley the last couple of days. So hopefully everybody's staying warm out there. There's the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival this week in Missoula, one of my favorite 10-day stretches of the year, the 19th Big Sky Doc Fest here in the Garden City. So very cool that we're getting a chance to host this thing and very cool that we're getting a chance to go back to theaters and get to watch movies sitting alongside each other. So uh, hopefully... Y'all get to go check out at least one film. Maybe you want to stream it because you don't want to go out in the cold. Either way, I would highly suggest watching some of the docs because they're very, very fascinating. And we will continue our series of interviews highlighting some of the directors and filmmakers from the Big Sky Doc Fest. So stay tuned for that. We got uh, Ryan and Josh from the film One Road to Court site coming in about 4.30 today. So excited for that. 
And uh, excited as the week just continues to progress to watch and take in some of these awesome films. It, it is a Wednesday, so that means we got our normal routine. We're going to hear from Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, right off the top here uh, in about five minutes. And then we're also going to hear from a guy who I have looked up to for most of my career as a journalist, and particularly the last five years since I dove into the radio world, Dean Alexander, the longtime voice of the Montana State Bobcats. The state of Montana was very, very lucky to be able to have first Bill Schwanke and then Mick Helene and now Riley Corcoran and then Dean Alexander, Chris Atterbury. Uh, there's been some phenomenal voices of the Bobcats and the Grizzlies, but to have Dean Alexander and Mick Helene rolling at the same time doesn't get much better than that. Both those guys have such outstanding Montana flavor, and I know that they're just beloved among the fan bases. So very excited to have Dean on the show. He's never been on the show before, but, you know, it doesn't take much prep when you're a radio legend like him. So we'll talk some Cacker's memories. It is the rivalry games for both the women and men uh, in the rivalry upcoming. But the Grizz, they have some games first. They're, they play Southern Utah, the ladies at home tomorrow, and the men on the road in Cedar City. And then the women's Cacker's game, Saturday night, Dahlberg Arena. Men, Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. down there at Dahlberg Arena, Montana State coming to town. So very excited for the weekend. We'll talk some old memories as part of our ESPN Roundtable with Dean Alexander. We also have a little discussion when it comes to prep hoops. I was fortunate enough to be a part of a, a presentation for Jocelyn Tinkle last night. One of the great players to ever come out of Missoula in the world of basketball. And she received her two Gatorade Player of the Year banners as well as her Montana High School Association Hall of Fame plaque. I was lucky enough to be able to present it to her, but it got me thinking. She's certainly one of the great players to ever come out of Missoula. She's one of the great prep players in the history of the state of Montana. But where exactly does she rank? 406MTSports.com did Jeff Welch, the uh, sports editor of 406MT, he did a great series chronicling and ranking the 50 greatest basketball players on the women's side in the 50-year history since Title IX passed back in 1972. So I used some of his list as sort of a guiding point, but you know it's it's kind of splicing hairs when you're talking about those those top five or six ever. So we're going to talk a little bit about it because I think it's an interesting conversation and just the resumes that a lot of these ladies were able to compile during their time playing basketball at the high school level in the state of Montana. And then 5.30, actually still waiting to hear back from her because uh, we had to sort of rearrange things. So we might be hearing from Alex Esselman, SWX Montana Television. as part of the Montana State Minute. And if not, we're going to talk some Olympics and uh, maybe talk a little history lesson as well. So there you go. That is your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team, official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any questions in the real estate world, Brent and his team, they're experts and masters of the real estate ropes here in the Garden City. So you can give them a call or just look them up online anytime for any and all of your real estate questions in Western Montana. You want to stream the show, you want to listen to the show somewhere uh, on your mobile platform, your cell phone, your tablet, your laptop, you can always go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. If you want to be a part of the show, you can always call us and text us, 406 888 1029. That's 888 1029. You're going to want to remember that because our 10th anniversary rolls on. 
We have been doing the lead segment of the show each Wednesday during February as part of our 10th anniversary celebration with some of the you know, quote-unquote founding fathers of ESPN Missoula. Ryan Tutel was here last week back in the saddle. That was good to hear from him. We've also heard from Dave Cowan, former general manager here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, and Tucker Sargent, former co-host of this show. Tommy Evans is our last, uh, I, I guess we should say, the grand finale of the four interviews that we're going to be presenting you. But there's actually five Wednesdays in the month of February, including next week. So well, Tommy will be on the show next week. Actually, might be March by the time uh, next Wednesday rolls around. But either way, Tommy's been under the weather. He wants to be sharp for this interview. So we're going to do that next week. But throughout this show, we'll have 10 wings for you every 10 minutes, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. 10 wings every 10 minutes. All you got to do is wait for me to prompt you and then give us a call or shoot us a text at 406 888 1029. 10 wings every 10 minutes for the 10th anniversary of ESPN Missoula. Let's do it right now. 406 888 1029. Call us. 888 1029. Caller number one. We got 10 wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill as part of our 10th anniversary celebration here at ESPN Missoula. I was thinking about it was so good seeing Ryan yesterday or last week, and it was so good hanging out with him over the weekend as well. As people know, you know, we have a lot of family history. We go back a long ways, and uh, he is a really good friend of mine, and uh, his wisdom has, has been a guiding light in my life for sure. But I was thinking we were rehashing some of the funniest moments on this show when it used to be Two Tell Nuanas, our daily radio show together. And I was thinking about the story that he told on me. So for those that know me personally, I have um, horrific allergies to certain things, particularly animals. I'm not, I'm really allergic to certain types of dogs, certain types of cats, although we have a cat at my house now and it's, it, it doesn't bother me that much. Um, but I'm incredibly allergic to alfalfa, to hay. And so when I first started my journalism career, I lived in Ellensburg, Washington, which is the Timothy Hay capital of the world. Timothy Hay is what they feed livestock all around the globe. It's the, the number one type of hay that cattle and things like that eat. Well, Ellensburg is also known as the Windy City. It blows as hard of wind as I've ever experienced anywhere besides probably Livingston, Montana. So that's all to say, as somebody that likes to be outside and walk around and all that, Ellensburg was hell on earth for me in the spring when the wind would get blowing because the hay would get swirling and I wouldn't be able to breathe. I'd have the worst asthma attacks. My eyes would be all swollen. It was awful. Well, when Ryan was still living here, when Tutel was still living here, he has young children and they got a bunny, a pet bunny. Okay. Flopsy, I think is what they called it. And I'm not allergic to bunnies. But, uh, and Ryan is sensitive to this sort of stuff with me, although he does make fun of me relentlessly about it. <laughs> but I go to their house one time, and I start having this terrible asthma attack. I'm like, what is going on? Why am I having such bad allergies? Turns out it's because the bunny eats the hay. The kids are feeding alfalfa, so there's alfalfa all over the house. I have such a bad allergy attack that I end up getting a full-on bloody nose at his house. (laughs) Then this matriculates that into us coming in to do the show, and then I get a bloody nose on the show, and and he made fun of me so, 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 so badly for this, and this turned into then what was probably the most infamous promo in ESPN Missoula's history, which was 
him dogging on me for this and then me having the, the bloody nose starting in the middle of the live radio show and us just cracking up because I just could not keep it together. And they turned that into a minute-long program. One of our old producers did. And uh, so it was the ultimate trolling. But it was just, it was fun having Ryan back around, and this has been such a rewarding job, and I got to meet so many cool people because of it. So even with the hilarity and the allergy attacks, uh, very appreciative to be a part, at least, of this uh, 10th anniversary celebration here at ESPN Missoula. Of course, Nuanas Now is coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. You can find amazing winter savings at Northwest Motorsport. Visit nwmsrocks.com for the largest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, and off-road capable SUVs. Take back control of the road with a new rig from Northwest Motorsport today. How about one more time? Ten wings every ten minutes for the 10th anniversary of ESPN. Text us, 406-888-1029. We'll give two away right now. Two different textures. 888-1029, ten wings to the Despo. Do it right now. 406-888-1029. Well, I was so confused yesterday, and we finally figured it out. We were watching the Lady Grizz game in real time while I was on Nuanas Now. And the end of the game, it came down to the wire again because what else the Lady Grizz do besides either win or lose by Sophia Stiles' shots at the buzzer? It's amazing the way that this has played out the last three weeks. The Lady Grizz have had three games come down to the buzzer and have made two buzzer beaters and only won one of said games. Crazy to even think about that. But... It's not about the buzzer beater. I was so perplexed yesterday why when Abby Anderson got a block at the rim with about four seconds left that the Lady Grizz called a timeout and it didn't advance the ball. So then they had to run a play to advance the ball and call another timeout. But Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, who joins me now, he figured it out for me. Uh, My head was spinning. I could not figure out what was actually happening. So I thought to myself, there's no way on earth that Brian Holsinger and Nate Harris and Jocelyn Tingle don't know this rule. <laughs> There's no way. And so then I was like, oh, the rule must be different. So explain this to people. Crazy, first off. And I had to do a deep dive when they finally changed the rule for the advance and everything. It has to be a dead ball situation when you advance it. So if at any point you dribble or take a right. step even, right. if you don't immediately call timeout the moment you secure the ball, then you have to run another plane. It doesn't count in a dead ball situation. So super confusing, and it's one of those things when you're watching and you're doing your show, it's kind of like, okay, what just happened? That doesn't look right. And the Lady Grizz then have to run another play. Long story short, what happens? Well, those valuable tenths of a second probably were the difference than getting a closer shot to the rim. It's amazing, Coulter. Seven of the last eight games, we talk about this road swing that the Lady Grizz have been on, six out of seven, but seven of their last eight games have been decided by seven points or less. I mean, it's coming down to the end. We've talked about it for weeks. The margin for error is so slim. Coming down to Boise, anyone can win, but I think that's the telling stat and just another heartbreaker. Up by 14. This one obviously stings. You could could build a three-game winning streak this point of the year. Those are so valuable. And it's been the Monday games that have thrown off all of the the rhythm. I, I don't even know. I, I I feel so strange about it because we do this for a living. Like we analyze, we stare. I got texting my sister in law. She's like, she texted me the other day. She says, "Wait, so why is there a, a game on Monday and then another game on Saturday that, for the women, but not the men on Sunday? What what's going on?" And I'm like, "Well, I do this for a living. I still have no idea when the games are. I have no clue." 
Well, and it stinks <laughs> for us guys like us too because we're so cyclical with how we follow sure. games. And with the women being in the afternoon on Saturdays, you get your full dose of it. And, and I'm even going to take it a step further. And this is a conversation that we're going to continue to have, I think, for the next two weeks until the pl- games get played in Boise. How hard is it to really analyze with the unbalanced schedule? And I don't mean unbalanced by who you played, but more of teams with seven out of eight on the road and then a five-game homestand and teams, let's just call it this week, like the Montana State teams get all week to prep, whereas the Montana teams have a game on Thursday. It's just so hard because nothing's balanced. And I know it's it's sour grapes to go down that road and try and pick every single scenario, but it's a true matter of fact this year, Coulter, with the makeup games, I commend the league for they're going to get every game in, knock on wood, it seems like. But my goodness, the, the circumstances that have been surrounded by both of these, it makes it really hard to analyze and even more so, again, another point of why Boise is so wide open on both sides. But everybody's had to go through it with the cancellations, reschedulings, all that stuff. Everybody's also had players out, but it's why the Montana women are so hard to analyze. You're right, because not only have they had this haphazard schedule, but they also had COVID go through the program, and then they had their best player, well, one of their best players, but I think I think their most important player in Sammy Fack can go down. And uh, I think it's actually taken her longer to get back than maybe they anticipated. Yet I also think that's part of the plan, too, because they're trying to have her be healthy when it comes to Boise. You don't want her to just go roll her ankle again and then not have the tournament in play, right? Well, at this point in the season, absolutely. And it it sounds crazy. And if there was a chance where you're fighting for maybe the number one seed and home court advantage, maybe the circumstances are different. But you're right. At this point, just get her healthy for Boise. And, And you're right. It's definitely been a lot longer road. And sometimes when you have injuries that, that bug up middle of the season, the other part of it, too, there's been little to no time to rest or practice for this team either. And to try and get her back in the fold, just another interesting dynamic. And I think as we compare maybe the men's situation to what the Lady Grizz are going to right now, what the Lady Grizz do have that the men sometimes don't, Coulter, is that go-to score. And that's what Sammy Fatkin provides when this team goes through lulls of three to four minutes where they score one bucket. Sammy Fatkin is that missing piece. And that's why it's so crucial she's missing games right now. Voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, joining me here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. We are coming to you right now from Finn. We are down here uh, right up, leading up to Riley's Coaches Show. You can always come check it out each week, noon, Tuesdays, uh, down here at Finn. Beautiful day outside in terms of the sun. I don't know about the weather. That was going to blow away. Uh, it was funny because I had some guys from the Big Sky Dock Fest in yesterday, and they're from Minnesota. And they were like, man, it is way colder here than where we're from. And I was like, well, that's coming from Minnesotans. So we are definitely living right here in Missoula, Montana. But, uh, Riley, actually, last night's loss of the Idaho Vandals, the way that it happened for the Lady Grizz was was, uh, brutal for Montana. But I actually wasn't surprised that they lost that game. It was just the fashion in which they lost it. You play the same team twice in four days. The team that wins the first one is going to lose the second one like 9 out of 10 times. That's just kind of the way that it goes, if, unless there's like a huge talent disparity between those two teams. Like, I mean, not to take cheap shots, but like Montana State and Portland State can play every single weekend for the rest of the time, and Montana State's going to win always. But regardless, um, that said, probably the most shocking loss of the uh, last week was Montana, the men, losing at Idaho on Thursday. Yet... I said this on the show yesterday, that that loss actually became a little less shocking because, don't look now, the Idaho Vandals are the hottest team in the league. They won three in a row. That's the longest winning streak in the league after Montana State had their winning streak snapped last Thursday. And uh, this wasn't just beating up on the bottom of the league either. Uh, Idaho beat Weber State, Eastern Washington, Montana in three consecutive games. Maybe the Vandals are coming around? 
I, I absolutely think they are, and you can feel the the vibe and the excitement and what they have building their culture. It's been a long three years for Zach Kloss. They've won sure. 14 games in a three-year span before this last week, and I think it's such a microcosm of the Big Sky Conference that the team that would right now be seated ninth in the conference tournament is the team that's hottest right now in the league. And Idaho definitely is putting it together. They have more talent on the floor than they have had since Don Verlin was there, and now they have belief. And I tell you what, and I hope that you can make a visit over to the brand new arena. There is, they have a different kind of vibe and juice in that in that arena. I mean, they beat South Dakota State, who's twenty-two and four. They should have beat Long Beach State, who's going to win the Big West. And then they beat Weber State, Montana, and Eastern back to back to back. All that being said. It's still a puzzling loss for Montana. The fact now that their last three losses have come to teams that would be seated 8th, ninth, and 10th. And I think that we have seen maybe a one-off here or there under the Travis DeCure regime in eight years. But culture, not three losses in a row like this. And what's even more puzzling is those three losses are sandwiched around impressive <laughs> wins over Southern Utah and Portland State. So I- I'm sitting here one week later than what we did this last week. And I'm even more puzzled from what I'm seeing from the Grizz basketball team because you know the capabilities there. And I think the big cog, and you talked about it in your show on Monday, but Brandon Whitney being in foul trouble absolutely took the Grizz out of rhythm. And I think that maybe the lack lack of depth showed that once he was out of rhythm, they never could get him back going. They never found their mojo on both ends of the floor. He had eight straight games, double-figure scoring, was uninvolved there defensively. We all know what he means. So that that was a huge part in it, not to make excuses whatsoever because Idaho absolutely grab that game, deserve the win coming down 11 with 10 minutes to go. The whole league is so wacky right now. Both sides. I mean, last Thursday, Sac State's women lost after they had established themselves as the hottest team in the league. They lost to Weaver State and ended up getting swept over the weekend. Idaho State lost to Northern Colorado. That was a completely unpredictable result. Uh, the the Lady Cats, we I mean, we talked about the Lady Grizz lost Eastern Washington being unacceptable. Well, then Eastern goes into Montana State and hands the Bobcats their first, I guess their second home loss of the conference season. And then on the men's side, Montana's not the only one that's been struggling the last two weeks. Weber State can't win a game. I mean, and you got Northern Arizona looked really good in their trip to Montana. They get swept in that one. Now they don't look good at all. Southern Utah, sometimes they try. They look great. Sometimes they don't try at all. They don't look good at all. It's so weird to watch the league right now. The only team that's really steady like you think they're going to be has been the Montana State Ben. Other than that, it's been up and down both sides of the league. And throw Northern Colorado in there. They do the old weekend of losing to Idaho State and then go, coming from behind to beat Weber State on Saturday. So they're, the only thing that is predictable is the unpredictable uh, unpredictability of this league. And I, I would agree with you. Montana State has shown that they are the most consistent team through 16 games. Why? Because they've taken care of business, albeit if it's a close win or not. They're winning the games they're supposed to for the most part. And that, at the end of the day, is what it's going to be. We sat here maybe Maybe in January when Weber State was off to a hot start, Montana was 8-2, and two, thinking, all right, the winner might be 17-3. and three. Well, it's always crazy how this thing works out that more likely than not, 15-5 and five is going to win this league. I know Montana State has a, a nice break before a four-game gauntlet to end it, but more than likely 2-2 two and two will get them a share of the title, and 3-1, and one, they win it outright. That's 16-4 and four this year, but they have, they have proven that they are uh, the most consistent team, the, the senior leadership there from what they've been able to do. This league's wild, Coulter. Matchups are going to be be so fascinating down the stretch too because how many teams would you say we talked about it with Idaho and the NAUs of the world that come up here and and look good against Montana Montana State how many teams will feel confident 
they they can win one game, maybe two games in Boise. I would put that number at probably eight teams right now, and that's wild. I think every single team in the league thinks they can win a game. Yeah, I mean, Idaho State, they beat Northern Colorado and Montana the last couple of weeks, so absolute, maybe everybody but Sacramento State. That's right. And who knows at this point with what they can do, their final road trips at the Montana schools. So it's going to be fun to watch, but uh, what a wild year in the Big Sky Conference. It could be attributed to a lot of things, kind of as we touched on the last couple of weeks. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. A couple uh, random questions for you. First, you mentioned the Idaho Arena. How is it? I've never been there before. I've seen pictures. Is it nice? It's beautiful. They did a really good job with that. $51 million, and it's, uh, I don't know the exact number, but timber wood beams that they all got from Moscow Mountain. Just a cool twist, and I think it's perfectly built for the Big Sky. Capacity is about 4,200. They're obviously struggling. They still have a mask mandate right now with as far as filling that arena, but you can feel the excitement, and I would put that, I was talking with the coaching staff about ranking arenas in the Big Sky Conference, and I think you have your historic ones that meet, you kind of see Mountain West when you walk in, and that would be Montana, Weber State, but then Portland State and Idaho are right behind them for what they've done in the league, and this arms race of recruiting and uh, just facilities, Idaho's done a great job. Take note, Montanans, because there's a variety of ways to build facilities and raise money, and a lot of schools in the Big Sky are doing it in the way that Montana has not done it over the years, Montana and Montana State. Using Montana Montana State, they got to raise the whole shooting match to be able to build a new building. This this branding of an arena like Idaho just did, where the Idaho Central Credit Union is paying for a lot of it, that's very smart. NAU just opened a brand new athletic facility close to $50 million. They only raised $7 million of those dollars. The rest of it is subsidized through the state and subsidized through student athletic fees. So for those that are wondering about the ins and outs of the finances of this all, and by the way, Justin Angle will not join us today because he is getting frostbite up in Whitefish. He's supposed to be skiing. There's no way he's skiing today with his kids. Well, maybe he is. I don't know. He's from the Northeast, so he's crazy. But he won't be joining us today, but we'll talk more about this with him next week because it is a fascinating dynamic. But uh, there's a lot of different ways to raise money uh, in college athletics. We're going to talk later on this week more about the upcoming rivalry game as well as Montana's game before the rivalry game against Southern Utah. But I want to ask you broadly right now just for you know, a little Cat Grizz conversation. What are some of your Cat Grizz memories? Because you've, you've been the voice of the Grizz for five years, is that right? Six years. Six, six years. years, okay. So what, uh, do you remember your first one? Which was your, what was your first Cat Grizz for hoops? For hoops. Man, that was the foul fest here in Missoula. I'll never forget. Well, everyone turns into a foul fest, it seems like. <laughs> but it was like 91-82, and I remember there being like 52 fouls called in that game. And, and it was the Mike Ogine show again. Yeah. I think he was close to 28, 30 points. I remember just the the atmosphere is the first couple um, for some reason and I, I don't know why I, I grouped myself in with coaches as well but the Tyler Hall game I think because that was the only time in the last 20 that the Cats had beaten the Grizz and that individual performance at the end of the day we're fans and we, we kind of take note of history when we oh, see it sure. that Tyler Hall game was absolutely phenomenal it was but, one of the best games I've ever seen a guy have yes. he was so outside of his mind it was unbelievable he got Michael Ogine poked him in the eye one time and he swished it and then Bobby Moorhead slapped him in the face one time he was closing out him so hard and he banks it in couldn't miss it was like the best shooting performance it was the most I don't even, don't even want to say lucky. It was like the most electric shooting performance you've ever seen. He didn't even, I think he missed one shot the whole game. I want to say he was like 9 of 11 sounds about right. It was yeah. so efficient, number one. And you remember this. I think it was right in front of you, but it was in front of the Montana State bench. He had like a fadeaway three. To me, this was the backbreaker because Montana was still staying at arm's length because of their defense and their intensity and coach to cure factor, all of that. 
But with one second left to go on the shot clock, it was like a fadeaway three from the right wing, and Hall banked it in. And at that point, I'm thinking, all right, game over. This is just going to be a special performance. But I remember the atmospheres more than I remember the, the kind of the individual performances. I think you are, too, when you see something that's different. This is of no knock to anybody, so don't think there's a hidden message. But, like, the first game in Bozeman, on, on a Sunday night, sure. it just didn't have the same effect. Didn't have the games last year. Well, Bobcat Nation was also hungover from the <laughs> from the game the day before the national championship game. So in a way, I'm really looking forward to this Sunday. It's the first true chance I would say in almost three years for an for an actual atmosphere for, for sure. this game because we didn't have it last year. And then with it being the, the first game on Sunday, so hopefully, I, I'm curious. I, I'm curious your take too. How does the Sunday at three o'clock to accommodate national TV affect maybe the extra thousand or fifty? 1,500 fans that would be there. Well, I, I hope that people can just figure it out. I mean, it just come. It's fun. I don't I don't know. I, I, I have no real sympathy for people that say, oh, I just had all this other... I mean, I get you have your life or whatever. Sometimes it gets distracted. I mean, I don't know, man. It's a community event. It takes two hours. It's not like... I mean, you know, the parking's hard and the traffic, whatever, dude. It's going to take you 20 minutes to come down there. It's not that big of a deal. I, I would encourage everybody to come because... It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. I'm really excited for the matchup. So I hope I hope people come out. Any other cat grizz memories for us before we let you go today? Well, of course the women's side of things too. I yeah. think uh, w- oh. when Robin Selvig came in, I think it was 2014, 20. The cats had not swept the Lady Grizz since the 90s, yeah. and that was their first opportunity. They do so, and then kind of how that rivalry is flipped to me is also, I know people are probably sitting in the car going, what's the voice of the Grizz talking about cat memories for? Well, sure. the fact of the matter is, at least on the women's side, the, the memories for me of how it has shifted. I, I don't think I'll ever forget the game here in Missoula when Haley Mining yeah. hit that to go into overtime, kind of an unsung hero from Great Falls. That was always fun. To me, there's the added element of the women's game being impacted by Montana players. And I just think that that always creates that element, whether it's Peyton Ferris going off or, or for the Lady Grizz down the line who has been able to contribute. But, uh, again, the atmosphere on a Saturday night could be really interesting to me with the, the Lady Grizz game actually being moved up. It's normally that 2 o'clock contest, not the case. So, uh, again, it's more about the atmosphere more than anything else. But so excited for this weekend, as we all should be. So you go voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. More Big Sky Dock Fest, one road to Quartzsite. This looks so interesting. A a sort of microcosmic example of the tapestry of America, as it were. We have a couple of the filmmakers in studio next as part of our Big Sky Documentary Film Festival interview series. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. 
coaster ride continues for the Montana Lady Grizz. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. What could and likely is the final makeup game of the season for Montana, UM played Idaho for the second time in four games on Monday in Moscow. Thursday, UM beat UI 76-73 in a game that included 21 lead changes and 14 ties. Monday, the Lady Grizz built its lead to as many as 14 points late in the third quarter, only to let it slip away. Idaho rallied all the way back, led by Beyonce B's 24-point outburst to post a 70-69 win over Montana, fight 20 points from Carmen G. Feller, 16 points from Abby Anderson, 14 points from Sophia Stiles. The month of February has been tumultuous for Montana. Stiles hit a buzzer beater to beat Weber State a few weeks ago, starting a wild stretch that also included a loss to defending Big Sky champion Idaho State at home, beating upstart Southern Utah in Cedar City in a Monday makeup game, losing on another buzzer beater at Northern Arizona, losing to rebuilding Eastern Washington in another Monday makeup game, beating Idaho and Portland State over the weekend, and falling on the third straight Monday to the Vandals. UM now sits at 9-7 in league play, while Idaho is 7-8. The Montana State women started their four-game road trip to end the regular season in Portland Monday. The Bobcats moved to 13-4 and, and into a tie for first place. Idaho State with an 82-57 win over Portland State. The Vikings are 0-15 in Big Sky play. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. And I went to pick her up in the rain. But before I could get to the station in the pickup, Well, now we're trying to figure out who this is because I thought this was John Prine. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television in studio with Ryan Maxey. He's the uh, director of a new film that premieres at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival called One Road to Quartzsite. And uh, this thing actually premiered last night, but there'll be another showing on Friday as well, 1 p.m. at the Wilma. And I can say with full confidence, I don't think we've played a lot of John Prine or anything uh, like this on this show, but uh, this is what Ryan was singing when he was coming in the studio. So we always let the guests pick the song. So good to have a a little new flavor here on ESPN Radio. What's up, Ryan? Thanks for being here, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So first of all, let's talk about last night because this thing debuted, and so you got a chance for other people to see your sort of work of art. That's a... Interesting experience and probably a nerve-wracking one as well as a filmmaker. But what was it like for you to have people sort of consume this documentary for the first time? Yeah, it was wild. It's my first ever feature-length documentary. And um, so I I was quite nervous about how it would be received and quite nervous to be in a room full of people and had nightmares about people walking out of the movie. (laughs) And uh, that didn't happen. That's great. sold out and people loved it. So... I'm happy. Uh, I think the easiest way for me to set this up for our listeners is just to read basically this right off of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival website. So this is this is just the couple sentences that they have when you click on the film. It says, A ragtag group of crust punks, libertarians, snowbirds, and elderly folks become unlikely neighbors during their annual pilgrimage to a temporary long-term camping community in Quartzsite, Arizona. Steeped in rural folklore and full of a diverse and quirky set of characters, one Road to Quartzsite is a beautiful, poetic, observational portrait of people trying to live outside the constraints of American society or just to simply escape winter. So sounds like this is a collection of 
uh, incredibly eclectic characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. tell us sort of the backstory of this. What's what made you? What's your connection? First of all, to courtside. What made you want to make a documentary about this phenomenon of people sort of cumulatively snowboarding in this really remote Arizona town? Yeah, I, I have a vehicle that I live out of sometimes um, on the road, and and you spend enough time on the road, and you eventually pass through courtside, whether it's to get the cheap gas that's there or if you need a free place to stay because there's a lot of BLM free land around it. And so, yeah, hundreds of thousands of people in the winter migrate there and kind of set up shop, shop like in their RVs or their cars or, and they even like, it's public land, but they build little yards and landscape architect their, their zone. So it's, it's just an interesting place, immediately an interesting place. Um, but it's, it's, it's also a little bit of a confusing place for me because it, it was simultaneously inspiring, but then simultaneously like uncomfortable at times with, uh, yeah, interactions with folks and um, political differences and things that yeah sort of like challenged me. But I wanted to explore that and stay there, and um, so I lived there for quite a while before I took out the camera to sort of tell a lot of these people's stories. Yeah. So interesting because I thought Andrew, our producer, said something so good. He said, the best documentaries make ordinary people seem extraordinary. Mm. And this seems like such a a coalescence of so many people from so many different backgrounds. So what was sort of the tipping point? What made you want to make a documentary about this? Is it just the fascination of how many different characters sort of descend upon this place? Yeah, I think think there's, there's no... There's no defined agenda with the piece. It's more of an exploration of, of a mood of a place, and and there's a lot of melancholy there, which I'm attracted to in storytelling. And there's no interview. There's very few interviews in the movie. It's mostly just sort of like the camera, fly on the wall, observing very different people's lives and and the little micro conflicts that exist in a place where lots of different people with lots of different um, belief systems sort of like end up neighbors. Sure. Like, and, and yeah, so. Like the one clip that I watched was just two gals. Yeah. It seemed like they had just met each other probably mm-hmm. and they were just sharing some tequila yeah. just in the afternoon. And yep. Yep. So this is just sort of life on earth, right? This yeah, is- and they both had both lost, lost their husbands. Right. But, and they love, both love tequila and so they're, they're, I, I just sort of like sat back with, for a number of days with them and took hours of footage of them uh, in their RV talking about what's the best tequila. Is it the one from Costco, the Kirkland <laughs> right. one, or is it Patron? And then sort of like having a few drinks and and remembering their late husbands and also speaking a little bit about how there's these crust punks in the desert that they're like not super fans of and how they feel vulnerable being like single women sure. on the road too and how to sort of like navigate that that part of life as well so yeah very interesting yeah. one road to courtside is the film it you can watch it again it debuted last night at the roxy but you can watch it again on friday 1 p.m at the wilma ryan maxey the director of the film in studio with me here on nuana's now espn radio 
This is the 19th edition of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival here in the Garden City. So very cool to have it back. And if you can check out some of these films, I promise you, you'll, you'll be educated and entertained at the same time. So uh, whether you want to go to the theater or you want to stream it online, you always can by visiting the Big Sky Doc Fest website. So often in these films, too, you need sort of a central protagonist, but it sounds as if maybe there's several or, or a variety of in this film. So is that, is that sort of the case with this uh, collection of people? That was a big challenge, yeah, yeah, to not have a traditional arc of a beginning, middle, and end with one person, and it's and it's kind of jumping around from person to person, and and the story really lies in the conflicts of of their different belief systems, and but that was a hard thing, because it's you, yeah, it's tough to make a movie with so many characters and so much going on and not um, have it feel just totally like it's wandering around aimlessly. So uh, that's something I uh, struggled with, and I hope it works out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Crust punk. I've never heard this term before. What is that? What is that? What is that describing? Yeah, like uh, there's. They call themselves by a lot of different names, but yeah, travelers, rainbow kids, okay, crust punks, train hoppers, um, and they're just basically people who, uh, mostly young people who, who don't have a home, live out of their backpack, nomads, and, yeah, yeah. And just sort of like, yeah, follow the good weather, and but they're also like. Like really rowdy people, and like are they kind of like thrive in chaos, and um, yeah, so do I. So I I enjoyed hanging around those people a lot. Yeah, it sounds like you mentioned that there was sort of a central conflict within yourself for mm. for this. Is that the central conflict of this film, though, or is there a, sep a separate central conflict? Well, I think the. A lot of it ties to conflicts within myself that I'm sort of exploring and challenging myself living in a in a in a place that I wouldn't generally live. Um, yeah, but I think one of the big conflicts is like definition of freedom because there are people there who are like older folks living out their version of freedom that they like right, believe right. in, and then there are young folks living out a very different sort of type of freedom. And they both feel very strongly about their particular brand of freedom. Right. And so, yeah, when the like old elderly folks in Quartzsite see the young crust punks like asking for money on the street, it rubs in the wrong way. They sure. want them out. They're trying to like work with city council to like get them out, or they're working with BLM rangers to to kick them out of there. So they're so they're like place can be their perfect little place but it's that's what's cool because it's a lot of different people and it's their perfect little place that they're trying to keep it that way it's, it's kind of a to me a, a metaphor of of our country and struggle for sure that we're like going through right now and always yeah. uh, no yeah. question no question yeah. ryan maxi in studio with me colter nuanas here on nuanas now espn radio now where are you originally from originally from northern california okay mm -hmm. so I've always thought this. My family's from Arizona. We also spent time when I was a little kid in Nevada. Mm -hmm. And those are definitely two of the strangest places in America. There is, because mm -hmm. because you can find such levels of isolation, right? Yeah. And, and also just sort of the convergence of all sorts of different people coming there for a variety of reasons, whether mm -hmm. it's employment or industry or weather, mm -hmm. like it is so heavily in Arizona. Yeah. But did you sort of see that too? Because 
there's some outposts in Arizona where there's a lot of strange folks all over the place, mm-hmm. right? So do you sort of see that in this film? Oh, for sure. There are definite loner vibes. Right. And courtside people that want to go out there and like be totally left alone and like so though it's i mean it's endlessly expansive right like i said you can kind of landscape architect your zone and there are some people that that make a rock driveway that lasts for uh like a mile (laughs) and they'll Make the driveway, and then they'll put signs like "Keep Out" like right, at right, the end right, of their right. driveway, and then they'll park their thing like way at the end of the driveway. But and it, but of course, it's public land, so everyone can go. But there are ways of communicating like, "Stay the bleep away from me," you know. Right. <laughs> like, I don't I don't want anything to do with anybody, and so it's I and I I feel that in myself too. Like I'm a people person, but I'm also like a loner. I like being alone, and and so that's one of the sort of like contrast in my own personality that also exists there. People are going there to be left alone, but they're also like surrounding themselves by tons of people. So they kind of like community, but they kind of want to be like left alone. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Well, last thing for you that without too much of a spoiler alert, what, uh, what do you hope people take away from it? Is, Is it just sort of this microcosmic example of multiculturalism in America? Yeah. I, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's something. I guess whatever everybody takes away yeah, from it, right? It's, it's like, with this movie, there's no agenda. It's it's sort of like presenting a painting, and you look at it, and you take what you do, what you will from it, and hopefully it moves you in a certain way, or it creates empathy, or it's just funny. Yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> I hope it's one of those things. <laughs> well, awesome. If you want to check this movie out here in Missoula, you can do it one more time on Friday. 1 p.m. at the Wilma, or you can always go to the Big Sky Dock Fest website and uh, get yourself one of those all-access passes or just a variety of different levels of passes. And Or if you just want to do a once-off, you can do that for 10 bucks as well. So go do that if you're interested in this or any of the other films. Big Sky Documentary Film Festival back in Missoula for the 19th year. Ryan Maxey, the director of One Road to Courtsite, joining us here on Nuanas. Now, thanks for being here, man. This was thanks great. Thanks for having me. Super fun. A debate on some of the best women's basketball players to ever come out of the state of Montana. I was fortunate enough to present an award to Jocelyn Tinkle last night at Missoula Big Sky, and it got my wheels spinning. Is she the greatest? There's definitely some worthy candidates. We shall debate here on ESPN Radio right after this. Keep it right here, 102.9 FM. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Oh, man, can't wait for June 24th here in Missoula, Kettle House Amphitheater. A little third eye blind. 
They're killing it over there at Logjam. Bringing me all the shows I want. I know that. Nuance Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. You can go check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting nwmsrocks.com. Last night, I had the honor of representing two Gatorade Player of the Year awards that were won in 2008 and 2009 by Jocelyn Tinkle, one of the great players, certainly in Missoula Big Sky history, certainly in the history of the Garden City, and certainly in the state of Montana. And we also presented her with the uh, her MHSA Hall of Fame um, plaque because she, she was inducted in 2019 and then pandemic hit and uh, she wasn't able to actually get the physical plaque. So it was cool for me to be back in my high school presenting somebody I've known for so many years with a cool award. <laughs> you know, she was teasing me while we were on center court. She's like, I think this means we're getting old. <laughs> I was like, yes, I think it does. We're sitting here in our 30s and we've known each other since we were little kids. And uh, But it was very cool for me. And I, but I got my wheels spinning as well. By the way, it's our 10th anniversary here at ESPN Missoula. And we are giving away 10 wings every 10 minutes, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Let's do, because we didn't do one in the last segment, let's do three. Three texts, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Give me three different texters. You got 10 wings, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Coming at you. If you text in right now, 406 888-1029. 888-1029. Legacy is such an interesting discussion. because So many things go into it. And uh, Montana, the state of Montana, has produced such great female athletes over the years. So many of them that did play basketball. But analyzing their careers, there's multiple different things that impact it. What did you do in high school? What were your accomplishments in high school? Then secondarily, where did you go for college? I think sometimes the the athletes that stay in state, because they stay in our public consciousness more, sometimes they have an elevated legacy, which is, you know, that's cool. It's a good thing. But on this list of the top 50 women's basketball players in Montana history, Karen Deedon was number one on Jeff Welsh's list ahead of Shannon Kate. And uh, I think that's probably the first list ever when it comes to women's hoops in Montana that Shannon Kate was not on top of. She was named, uh, I, I believe, one of the 15 best athletes in the history of the state of Montana by Sports Illustrated uh, during their um, anniversary celebration in 2000. She also was named, Shannon Schwain, now Shannon Kate, then Shannon Schwain now, was also named the Big Sky Conferences all-time greatest female athlete when they celebrated their uh, anniversary, uh, their 50th anniversary back in uh, 2013. But Karen Dean, she had such great accomplishments during her high school career in Montana and then also during her college career as an All-American at the University of Washington and then also during her pro career when she played in the ABL, which was the precursor to the WNBA. So... She sort of had 
dominant accomplishments all the way across the board. But I was really thinking about this, just the way that players fit in just in terms of their high school careers. And Karen Dean was certainly a phenomenal high school player at Missoula Sentinel. She had she scored 1,891 points and hauled down an unbelievable 1,268 rebounds during her prep career. She was a high school All-American, and she was considered the top center in the United States of America by USA Today when she was coming out of Missoula Sentinel. She then went on to earn Kodak All-American honors during her time at um, UW, and then she played professionally all across the globe, Japan, France, for the New England Blizzard, all that. Shannon Kate, of course, the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big Sky Conference until Michaela Ferenz broke that record a couple years ago at Idaho. Kate also was so famous for her Kodak All-American season her senior year, which is probably the single greatest individual season in the history of the league. It's, I mean, not even Damian Lillard was a first-team All-American. Shannon Kate was. And the fact that they went to the NCAA tournament and had success, I mean, she had her legendary 38-point game against Wisconsin. That is just the stuff of lore in the league still. So those two are certainly in the conversation, as is Jocelyn Tinkle. But then the other two that I really thought about that have to be in the conversation are Cass Bauer, who comes from Heisham and then went on to play at Montana State, where she was a three-time honorable mention All-American, and Kayla Lambert. And that's where the the discussion sort of has a dichotomy, or I guess a little bit of a – it needs some nuance to it because Jocelyn Tinkle was a four-time first-team All-State performer at the Class AA level. She led Big Sky to consecutive Class AA State championships. She was a two-time Gatorade Player of the Year, a McDonald's All-American, a Parade All-American. And the other thing about Tinkle – that makes her legacy so interesting is she went to Stanford when Stanford was one of the top three programs in the United States of America. And Jocelyn was a thousand point scorer at Stanford. She went to three final fours in four years. And oh, by the way, she gets a Stanford education. So it's hard to say that that's anything but a phenomenal choice by her. But I always think what would have happened if she would have stayed in Montana, if she would have stayed at the University of Montana, following her parents' footsteps, her father, Wayne, was an all-time great Grizz player and then a longtime Grizz assistant and then head coach on the men's side. Her mother, Lisa McLeod, was one of the greatest. Lisa McLeod was the greatest Lady Grizz until Shannon Kate came along. And she was a Big Sky MVP and, and one of the best players the program has ever seen still. So there was some, some possibility that Jocelyn would stay in Missoula and play for the Lady Grizz, but instead she goes to Stanford. But Jocelyn had a phenomenally accomplished career in college. If she would have gone anywhere else besides a place that had the Agumakwe sisters and some of the best talent in America, she's probably a 2,000-point scorer. I mean, let's say she even just goes to Washington State or Oregon State or stays in the big sky. Her numbers would have been ridiculous. They would have been insane. And so, excuse me. That impacts uh, just the way that you look at her legacy as well. But then there's also just like the double-A versus the smaller schools. Like Cass Bauer growing up in Heisham, she dominated, and she was an all-American all level player at Montana State. So then playing in the Class C level, okay, of course you dominated. The other one that has to be in the conversation, who's probably doesn't get as much credit for what she, how electric she was to watch, is Kayla Lambert. Kayla Lambert is, is probably the most prolific, not probably, Kayla Lambert is the most prolific scorer in the history of high school basketball in Montana. And she's certainly in that hierarchy of phenomenal Native American players and one of the best ever on the women's side, no doubt. 
During her time at Brockton, which is also a Class C school, she scored 3,453 points. That's an insane number of points in a high school career. That's more than 1,000 than, than anybody else in the history of the state of Montana to that point. She still holds the state record for points in the game. She dropped 66 once and 65 two other times. She also one time had a quadruple double, 51 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, and 10 steals. Her legacy is impacted, though, because she went to Sheridan Junior College and um, then returned to Brockton and didn't really go on to play anywhere. She's in the Montana Indian Athletic Hall of Fame, as she should be, but her career sort of fizzled after the high school level. So there's this sort of this dichotomy of how does, if you're, when you're debating the great high school players in the history of the state of Montana, how does what they did afterwards impact it? So I don't really even know how you really rank these players because I just think that they're all so deserving and all so good. But it was just fun for me to sort of go down memory lane and also think about Jocelyn and, and what she accomplished. And, you know, I had a sort of front row seat to that whole journey because she's the same grade and age as my brother, and they were great friends growing up. And so just to see her and know her background and her lineage and then the fact that she went to Missoula Big Sky and took a team that was probably just a pretty average team and made it to the state tournament four times and won the state championship twice. She's definitely the greatest player in Missoula Big Sky history on the girls' side. And she's she's in the conversation right there with Larry Kostowiak as the greatest Big Sky athlete ever. Uh, but she's certainly one of the great players ever to come out of Montana, period. And uh, you just have to wonder if she would have made a different cause decision. And again, I'm not saying her decision to go to Stanford is wrong. In fact, if you get a full ride to Stanford, you go. <laughs> that's what that's That would be the, great, the best life decision you can make, no matter who you are. So... Um, just interesting because if she would have stayed in state or gone, you know, played somewhere more regionally like Washington State or Gonzaga or Oregon or something like that, I just think that her, her college numbers would be even more accentuated. And then that would have influenced this conversation right now, just uh, the, the way that we look at the, the legacies and, and lineages of great players that come out of the state of Montana. So very fun for me to be there last night and uh, be a part of that celebration. And congratulations again to Jocelyn. And also great job by the Big Sky people because they're really doing a good job of sort of revamping and trying to remember the tradition. Uh, that is a rich one. There's been a lot of great athletes that came through Missoula Big Sky, and I'm glad that they're making a better effort now to sort of um, rekindle that passion for that tradition. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, it's Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on a Wednesday. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Very excited for this. A guy I've looked up to for a long time from a broadcasting perspective. Longtime voice of the Montana State Bobcats, Dean Alexander, will join us next as part of our ESPN Roundtable. Cat Grizz memories. Love going down memory lane. Keep it right here. Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, 
How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.